This is the Between You and Me podcast, a production of the KAXE Morning Show. I'm Chelsea Perkins, News Director, here with Heidi Holton. Hey, Chelsea. Hi, Heidi. Well, let's talk about one of the stories that you recently covered. You got to put your journalist hat back on and get out to uh, meet the governor of our state, Tim Walls. He came to town after the legislative session, came to Brainerd. That's right. He came to Brainerd. You know, funny story about that. So this was the first out in the field reporting I'd done since transitioning to KAXE. Of course, we're talking about a Brainerd event. So my coworkers from the Brainerd Dispatch were there. Here I am covering an event side by side with people I worked for for years. A little bit of a weird scenario, right? Well, I was talking to one of my coworkers the other night and I'm like, hey, did you hear that I was there? And and uh, <laughs> my my coworker my coworker Tim apparently thought it was funny to say that. Well, was she working? And Teresa's like, "Well, yeah, she was working." He's like, "Well, I don't know. Chelsea's a total dork. She might have just been there just for fun." <laughs> and it's actually legitimate. <laughs> That's funny. They definitely knew you. <laughs> yes, I look for for dorks in people to uh, hire and people to hang with in life. So I sure appreciate that. <laughs> no, I was not there just for fun to hang out with Governor Tim Walls. I, so, uh, in a wastewater treatment plant, <laughs> in a waste. Yeah. That's what I call a fun Friday night. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> no, Governor Walls was in town to tour the wastewater treatment facility in Brainerd. Now this facility was, um, something they got bonding money in the legislature. And you'll hear all about that when you get in. But kind of the fun part about this, you know, from an insider perspective is just, I've been to many of these types of junkets or whatever you want to say, tours, uh, you know, politicians like to go out into rural communities and, and do these types of events. And it's always interesting just to see who shows up, what kind of the, the feel of it is, you know, you know that some of the people there do not politically agree with the governor, but yet here we are talking about a very apolitical thing that most people probably care about, the water quality. Yeah, so you, one would expect, um, you pulled out some really interesting parts of this story um, in what you presented to us, who was there, who wasn't there, but also the governor and what his proposed budget was and whether it included this water quality in for the Brainerd area. I mean, all of these are really things that people deserve to know about, you know, instead of you could have just had a kind of a puff piece, <laughs> um, but you helped us understand, you know, why this is important to the city, um, why a governor comes for this, who comes, what's the kind of political machine behind something like this and then just what it means for rural places that this is actually a really good thing right i mean the you know the bonding money is always one of those parts of the legislature that you see that's where you see the most mention of greater minnesota communities i feel like because a lot of the times communities like brainerd are the ones that do need to rely on bonding money from the state. They're not able to afford the costs of upgrading a building in the same way a Blaine would be, for instance, but yet they have to have the same facilities anyway, because 
it's a city. They're trying to function and, and you know, make life livable for those that, that are part of that community. So it's, it's interesting in the sense that um, it's kind of the time for rural Minnesota to shine a little bit when it gets to the bonding money and, and how that interacts with the legislature. You know, this year we did learn that it was a little more, more of a political football than it typically is. Uh, usually it's a pretty uh, bipartisan thing, but given the state of the legislature this year with a Democratic trifecta, Republicans were in the minority in, in both uh, both chambers of the legislature, and they tried to flex their muscles as much as they could. And um, this was one of the areas where there was some disagreement. It ended up that lots of bonding money was passed and, and buildings and other facilities around the state are going to be improved because of that. What's it like as a reporter there on the scene in terms of you had a chance to ask a question of the governor? Does he seem open to answering anything that's coming up from media there? Well, he didn't really get any tough questions. I will say that. I mean, the the question that I asked him, for instance, was just focused on his priorities for rural Minnesota. Others there asked him, you know, why is it important that you come to rural places? Uh, things like that. Generally speaking, I didn't get the sense that that Walls was closed off to any questions. In fact, he was kind of joking around. Uh, he accidentally referred to the mayor of Brainerd as governor. And then he said, well, maybe someday. And then the governor said, be careful what you wish for. <laughs> <laughs> so he had a sense of humor. You know, I've gotten much more comfortable with these scenarios than I was when I first started. I think the first time I ever did this was with Al Franken. And I was incredibly nervous. I just I'm like, oh, my God, it's a senator. And, you know, I'm going to say something stupid. I need to have the most perfect question ever. So he thinks I'm a genius. No, I mean... You're asking, you get one, maybe two questions in. They are pretty prepared, you know, how with no matter what you're going to ask, they probably have already sort of an answer in mind. Um, but it is definitely cool to be able to just be directly asking your elected officials something, and it's not something everyone gets the chance to do. So what do you think is a big question for you that's getting at like your deepest values but media's role in terms of like the legislature does does the media have enough access do you feel like what what's the importance of how government is reported on well it's interesting you bring that up because i have mostly been focused on local governments throughout my career the laws that govern what information is available at the local government level is different than what is available at the state government level. So, yes, a lot of stuff is public information, but for instance, there's no open meeting law for the legislature. So they can have tons of closed door meetings, be having negotiations behind closed doors that the public don't see, and they don't get to, to see how the sausage is made necessarily. That's one thing I appreciate about local government is that you do get to see how the sausage is made. You do have to, they have to be much more transparent about why they're reaching certain decisions or what different people on the board's opinions are, things like that. I think that the legislature could do a better job at being transparent especially in recent years when you have like 
everything's getting down to the last minute all the time. And then they they drop this 800 page bill like a day before the session's supposed to be over. You can't legitimately tell me that everyone in that room knew every single thing in that bill and the negotiations that led to those things being included in that bill when they voted on it. The perfect example of that is the fact that THC edibles were legalized by the legislature in 2022, and and some of the legislators that voted for it didn't even know it was in there. And now here we have Minnesota sort of on the cutting edge of THC edibles because some people in the legislature didn't know what they were voting for. There's a lot of confusion around how something starts off as a bill and then ends up on the governor's desk. Like, what are the actual steps in the process along the way? And sometimes I think journalists can get so insidery because they're so used to the process themselves that they're assuming that everyone gets it and that they understand. Mm -hmm. And if there's one thing that I've learned from you, Heidi, since I've been here is that sometimes asking that question to start off with of like okay but let's just start with what this means Mm -hmm. and what this is Mm -hmm. it's something you do naturally when you're writing a story but you don't necessarily think about that when you're interviewing someone because you already know that information right but now i'm thinking about it this i'm not just gathering information for myself when i'm recording these interviews i'm gathering information for listeners too that's right yeah it's always i think probably one of some of the best people in broadcasting, in journalism, understand that if you don't understand something, there's at least one other person out there that doesn't as well, you know, and it's, it's getting over yourself. It's, it's understanding that like, it's okay to ask a dumb question as a journalist. It's kind of our job. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, I will, the moment that I let go of the fact that I needed to be smart and understand everything. Yeah. I became an exponentially better journalist in that moment because I no longer cared or was afraid to ask the highway engineer, what does this even mean? Can you just explain this to me like I'm a toddler right now? Because I just don't understand what these acronyms mean. You know, and then when you're trying to write about something that you don't even understand, good luck. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I had that happen um, when I was doing debates last election cycle when I was hosting a debate for Duluth Public Television, and it was um, the seat that Farnsworth won, Republican won over Ben DiNucci, and Farnsworth just kept saying all of these acronyms, and he kept saying, and I knew, I mean, he was talking about a new process that is more sustainable for mining. Of course, I don't remember the acronym right now, but he said it like four times, so I was like, oh, well, what is, what does that mean? And he just said, I don't, I don't know. Hmm. And I was like, what? You know, we're on live TV. And he finally, he just, the only thing that came out of his mouth, he said, um, maybe my opponent knows. So I turned to Ben DiNucci and said, and sure enough, he could lay out exactly what it meant. Now, this doesn't mean he didn't understand it. He was on TV. He was, you know, but it, it also, you know, people watching that, they don't know what that means. No, they don't. So it's our job. Yes. It's our job to do that. That's a huge part of being a journalist. It's not just simply being a stenographer. It is taking that information and making it relevant to people. And you're right. I could have covered the governor's visit as just the governor came to Brainerd. Yay. Or I could approach it the way I did, which is this is the problem that this water treatment facility is trying to fix. 
here is what is happening now, and here's what they want to happen. And this is why it's important. And guess what? The governor also came and blah, blah, blah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Take a listen to Chelsea's story here with uh, Minnesota Governor Tim Walls on his visit to Brainerd at the wastewater treatment plant to bring clean water to the Brainerd area. KAXC's News Director Chelsea Perkin is joining us. Perkins is joining us right now from Brainerd. Good morning, Chelsea. Thanks for being here. Good morning, Heidi. Well, yesterday you went a tour of a Brainerd facility with the governor who came to town, Governor Tim Walls. What was it all about? So the governor came to town because the legislature just passed the bonding bill. And as part of the bonding bill, the city of Brainerd received $5 million in that bill. And that was to improve its municipal water treatment facility. So the bonding bill, of course, is a bill in the legislature that a lot of different buildings and assets throughout the state at the state level and all the way down to city and township levels can receive improvements through money that is funded through bonding. You know, we hear bonding all the time. I appreciate that definition because that word and words like infrastructure kind of sometimes don't mean much because they mean everything, right? (laughs) (laughs) Yes. Those are, you know, some jargony words that sometimes, you know, as a journalist anyways, you hope to at least explain if not avoid. (laughs) That's right. Well, okay, so why does this municipal water treatment facility, why do they need this money? What are they going to use it for? So the money is going to be used for the second phase of a joint project that the city of Brainerd and the Brainerd Public Utilities Commission are embarking upon together to make improvements to the water treatment plant. Now, officials say that they hope to conserve groundwater use, uh, maintain the existing facility, some parts of which are a century old, and provide sustainable water supply to the city of Brainerd. Um, The bonding money will cover the construction of a collection and reclamation system, more jargon there, (laughs) for backwash at the plant. Um, So at yesterday's event, an engineer working on the project, he held up this mason jar that was filled with this brown, murky water to show the governor what he meant by backwash. So I brought some clips with me, and uh, here's that engineer named Chad Katzenberger. He's explaining what happens at the plant as part of the water filtering and treatment process. After about a week's worth of time, uh, Sam will will backwash the plant, clean out those filters, and uh, comes out looking a little like that is what's left over. Currently that's being discharged uh, to a nearby wetland under permit. But uh, in the interest of, you know, best practices, the idea is to take this water, send it to a reclamation tank, recycle it. So 41 million gallons a year that'll be saved in groundwater and not sent to the wetland. So now in case you're wondering, I did the math, Heidi, and uh, 41 million gallons of backwash that would fill a lake. It's 10 acres big and about 12 and a half feet deep. So that's a lot of backwash. And that uh, currently right now is going into this wetland area that is in the floodplain of the Mississippi River. So important water, not that not that there's unimportant water, right? (laughs) But the Mississippi. Mighty Mississippi. That's right. So why does the state, um, how does this all work? Why does Brainerd need the state to invest in a project like this? 
Well, a lot of the time, the cost of such large scale construction projects like this on public works facilities, I mean, the cost can be pretty high. And depending on local property tax payers for that money, I mean, that can result in some pretty big jumps in people's tax bills. So the governor spoke on this point as one of the reasons why the bonding bill is important in greater Minnesota communities. Since the cost of building new infrastructure doesn't change, but like if a community only has 5,000 people versus 50,000 people, you know, the effects of that are going to be a lot bigger on a town of 5,000 people versus many more to spread it across. We're talking with Chelsea Perkins today, news director at KEXE and KBXE, and she's telling us about a visit from the governor yesterday and bonding money coming into Brainerd. So you've covered lots of these types of visits from state and elected, state and federal elected officials in communities. What's it like there? Who shows up? Can you kind of pull back the curtain for us a little bit? (laughs) Sure. Well, in this particular case, you know, it was an opportunity for Governor Walls to get some press coverage of his successes in the legislative session. That's one reason. It's pretty typical for elected officials to tie visits like these to communities throughout the state to legislation of some kind or a project that they're pushing. But it's also a chance for the administration to ask questions about the projects and learn more about where the bonding money is going from. Those directly affected are the ones that are telling that story. Um, City officials like Brainerd Mayor Dave Badeau were there, people from Brainerd Public Utilities and the water treatment facility and other members of the local media. This was actually the first story that I have covered out in the field, like I used to do at the dispatch. For So that was exciting. And I was there with some of my dispatch coworkers. But as far as others, you know, sometimes local legislators will be there as well. Yesterday, the local legislators were not there. Um, those who represent Brainerd down in St. Paul are Representative Josh Heinzman and State Senator Justin Eichhorn. Um, I did talk to the mayor of Brainerd after the governor's tour, and here is some of what he had to say about the governor's visit. I think just bringing ourselves together and making sure that we're all on the same page uh, and that uh, we, we don't get forgot about right here. You know, it, uh, sometimes comments get made, you know, that, you know, that again, that's outstate, you know, that's that's up north, that sort of stuff. But uh, the citizens that live here love it and want to continue to be here. And there's a cost associated with that. And we just want to make sure that we're all sharing that burden. So, yes, this was a victory lap for Walls on the bonding bill, no doubt. Um, But, you know, Badeau brings up being forgotten, up north being forgotten. It's worth noting that the original capital budget recommendation from the governor's office that was released in January, um, this project in particular wasn't on that list. But, you know, as is often the case, the final measure that was approved by both chambers, it did look different by the end of the session. The bill that was seeking funding for this particular water treatment plant was introduced by Representative Heintzman and Representative Ben Davis in the House and by Senator Eichhorn in the Senate. And although the final version of the bonding bill did earn bipartisan support in both chambers, uh, all three of those Republican legislators did vote against it. Chelsea, you had a chance to talk to Governor Walls and ask him a question after the tour. What did you ask him? Well, I asked the governor, you know, after a very busy legislative session this year, you know, what he was looking to plan to accomplish for greater Minnesota in the upcoming year. So here's some of what he had to say. 
Yeah, I think it's this. I would just say the operationalizing all this. Now, we've got the money in there for roads and bridges. we got the money in there for broadband. we got the money in there for the lead pipe removal. We have the bonding projects that need to go out. Um, that's the way this system's supposed to work. I think we got a lot of those things in there. Now we're trying. The whole goal was to try and reduce costs, especially on the middle class, and to invest in uh, greater Minnesota. So the governor made the case, you know, that all told, the investments into greater Minnesota during this year's session including a lot of other dollars that he rattled off after that clip. But unfortunately, some nearby construction equipment was competing with the governor for my my recorder's attention. Um, but he said all of those investments into greater Minnesota were equivalent to about $1 billion in property tax relief, Heidi. All right. Well, thank you for covering this for us, Chelsea. Also, I'll put you on the spot. Our website's always changing. A couple of stories people could check out there. What would you recommend at kexe.org right now? <laughs> well, I would uh, make sure you go out and check out our recent article on outdoor education for all. Uh, that was also a podcast episode that Heidi and I did uh, between you and me, where we talked uh, with Dave McMillan from Long Lake Conservation Center on the morning show a while back. But Heidi and I added our little spin to that. Um, some other stuff that you can find at kaxe.org would be a recent conversation with Good Morning Bedlam by Malachi Coons, our music producer. Um, and also, don't miss my interview with Tammy Bobrowski, our What We're Reading host. That is also an episode of Between You and Me, and it, it's an interesting little conversation with Tammy and getting to know one of our longtime volunteers and hosts. Chelsea Perkins telling us about the governor's visit to Brainerd yesterday and the new stories on our website. Chelsea, thanks for your time. We appreciate it. Thanks, Heidi. Appreciate you having me. Thanks for listening to the Between You and Me podcast on KAXE made possible by the Arts and Cultural Heritage Fund and the citizens of Minnesota, with music by Sam Milton.